Welcome to the Enter the Kingdom podcast, where our goal is to equip listeners with the tools they'll need to not only enter the kingdom of heaven here and now, but remain in the kingdom that Jesus ushered in 2,000 years ago. I'm your host, Harrison Watson, and in 2018, God called me out from the world for this purpose and many others. Welcome to the show. Let's get started. All right. Welcome to the Enter the Kingdom podcast. I'm your host, Harrison Watson. This is the 23rd episode of the podcast. Hey, tonight we're kind of doing things uh, on two different levels. Yeah, tonight we're doing things on kind of two different levels. Um, We are both shooting the live stream that we're going to do and also the podcast episode at the exact same time. And the reason why we're doing that is the topic that we have to cover, I think, is like super important. Um, And I've had um, a few other people who have been kind of talking about these things. You've heard me mention Michael Heiser on the podcast before, um, but there's also another uh, podcast. Uh, There's a woman named Dr. Laura Sanger, uh, and she... The only encounters that I've had with her so far are ones that my wife has sent to me. In fact, my wife actually even sent me Dr. Michael Heiser. Um, but Dr. Sanger was on another podcast called, you know, Blurry Creatures. And what's been nice about the work that she's doing and what she's kind of sharing at this moment in time is it kind of helped me to see that some of the things that God had been speaking to me weren't just me being off the deep end and not really knowing because sometimes you sometimes when you're going through the stuff that God's kind of you bringing you through it's it's a little difficult to know because some of the stuff that he's talking about seems so different than anything that you know I've heard anywhere else and uh you know you're certainly not going to get it in church um and I'm not I'm not like a biblical scholar by any means. Uh, and so it's nice to have some people who have PhDs um, also kind of going through these things. Am I saying that a PhD is required? No. I'm saying that for me, um, it is helpful to know that other people who um, are into scholarly endeavors have come to similar conclusions that the Holy Spirit's kind of led me to. Um, and so we're going to talk about that. And you know, today's episode, uh, I, I've kind of entitled The Spiritual Hosts of Wickedness. Now, one of the things that God has me do every single episode, or not every single episode, every single day, one of the things that God has me do is uh, put on the whole armor of God. If you've been on the stream with us, or if you've gone back and listened to some other podcast episodes, you know that. Um, you know, I've mentioned that before, and that comes from Ephesians chapter 6, so we're just going to read it really quickly, and uh, then this is where I get the spiritual host of wickedness. Finally, this is uh, Ephesians 6, starting at verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, and put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. 
Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you are able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And utterance has been given to us that we may open our mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which we are ambassadors in Jesus' name. That last line, I, God has instructed me to kind of, when I'm making it a declarative statement, to change it. Because Paul actually was writing. You know, he was an ambassador. In chains, is what he says. At that moment in time when he's writing Ephesians, he's, liter he's literally in chains. But he's saying, you know, and he's asking them to pray that utterance may be given to him that he may open his mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which he is an ambassador. So, I just changed that into a declarative statement. But anyway, the, the, the part of this that's, that may be confusing to some people, that they don't really, you know, we don't really think of it this way. Um, especially, church doesn't necessarily always talk about it this way. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Okay, we get that. We wrestle the, you know, we're not actually fighting against the human beings uh, uh, across from us, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, and against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Okay. There's an old term in the Bible called the Lord of Hosts. What is a host? Well, it's the angelic host. Okay. That's what host means. It means the hosts of God, God's angels. It means that you know, sometimes it's even said the Lord of Ar the Lord of armies. It's talking about how God has, uh, how Yahweh has um, authority and is the leader of this angelic host of angels, an angelic army of angels. Um, but Paul here in the book of Ephesians is talking about the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So this, so the, so the spiritual angels of wickedness in the heavenly places. Now, in order to understand what Paul is actually talking about here, you have to go actually really far back to the beginning, where it talks about how the sons of men, or the sons of God, came into the daughters of men. Now, you can't really understand exactly what is being talked about there, unless if you also have taken the time to read Enoch. Now, am I saying that you need to read Enoch in order to understand what God is saying in the Bible? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that everything that is in the Bible is sufficient for bringing you to God. However, there are additional contexts that are helpful for bringing light to the full understanding of what the Bible is actually, actually saying. Um, and so, you know, this section that they're talking about in Genesis, yeah, it's Genesis 6, that's what I thought. Now, it came to pass, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born to them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful, and they took wives for this, themselves, all of whom they choose. 
And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he indeed is flesh. Well, this part's probably not. Yeah, actually it is. For he indeed is flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. There were giants on the earth in those days. And also afterwards, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, they bore children to them. Those were the mighty men who were of old, men of renown. So the Bible talks about the Nephilim. They talk about these. Uh, when you hear about what happens after the Exodus, when the spies go into uh, the land of Canaan, Canaan, um, you'll notice that what is being talked about in that moment in time, they say that they were, you know, I think they say that they are the sons of Anak. Yeah, we, we even saw descendants of Anak there. They're talking about that in Numbers 13. Now, what, what the Bible is trying to get us to understand here is kind of twofold. Number one, we have the fall of man that takes place in Genesis 3. This is something that we're all kind of familiar with. When Adam and Eve decided to, in their own way, rebel against the way of God and walk in alignment with the ways of the serpent. They chose to be their own God in that moment, and that actually got Adam expelled from the garden, and it got humanity into this place where, you know, God had to work very hard to get us back. He, it, 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 it literally costs, you know, there are generations of people to, that tried to get back to the garden, all the way leading up to Jesus Christ, who instead of choosing his own way, this is what the wilderness is all about. When Jesus is, you know, he's baptized, the Spirit of God descends on him, and he said, and then he's led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tested. Why is he being tested? He's being tested to see if he will give in the same way that Adam and Eve did. And he doesn't. Instead, he rejects the way of the enemy. And in that moment, he then is starts walking in the full authority of the kingdom. And he proves the truth of the kingdom in this moment in time. He proves the truth of the kingdom and he walks it. And he proves that anybody who walks this way will never die, but have eternal life. And he overcomes many of these things that take place. And he's given authority over these Spiritual hosts of wickedness. I mean, you, you see that often in the healings that take place, Jesus is actually driving out demonic forces. Well, these are the same demonic forces that Paul is talking to us about in Ephesians 6, the spiritual hosts of wickedness. This all ties back to this moment where we're talking about the Nephilim, we're talking about the fallen angels, as, as, as it's talked about. And, and, and why this is important is because Jesus also tells us something, I believe it's in Matthew 24, and I'll double check that right now. Yeah, it's 24, 37 through 39. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. So that actually ties back to Genesis 6. That specifically ties back to that Genesis 6 moment, you know. We're talking about the sons of God coming into the daughters of men. They created this, these hybrid beings, these Nephilim. And what happens as a result of that? Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, 
after this happens, and that the intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord saw that he that the Lord saw that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. So he said, I'm going to destroy him. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So all of this comes back to this main moment. Jesus Christ came born of a virgin, not born of all of this. Born of a virgin, a female woman. And the Son of God, the seed of the Spirit. The seed of the woman and the seed of the Spirit, you understand. He came together in that moment, overcame the spiritual hosts of wickedness. He overcame the lusts of the flesh, everything that we, all, that we deal with. And as a result, was given authority over these spiritual hosts host of wickedness. So why are we talking about this today? There is, and I hear this all the time, some notion that, God, how do I need to say this? Our choices are very important. What we choose to put our time into, what which agendas we choose to allow our time to be taken up by, our thoughts to be taken up by, whatever we decide we're going to walk in in that moment in time is very much aligned with this Genesis 6 moment. Are we walking truly, fully in the ways of God, or are we walking in alignment with the sons, with the with, with the sons of the Nephilim, the seed of the serpent? Because see, these fallen angels are, and these Nephilim come from the seed of the serpent. The reason why Jesus had to be born of a virgin had everything to do with the fact that the enemy had tried to, Satan had tried to ruin the bloodline of humanity so that the Messiah couldn't be born. And again, this is Laura Sanger who, who connected this dot for me. I hadn't, I hadn't understand that, understood this before, but she, she connected this dot. And that comes back to Genesis 3, where it talks about how there's going to be, I'm going to put enmity between the seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman. Okay. So God still fulfills that promise because the seed of the woman still happened to be Mary. Mary was a woman. And there's many things that come about when, it, when we talk about the purity of women and the spiritual purity and, and things like that. Not to say that they're not susceptible to the same things that we could be susceptible to, but there's just something different about it. All of this comes, the, the things that we do today, the symbols that we see, in everything that we do comes down to a very real link back to all of this. I mean, truly, if you were to take a look at many of the symbols that we're talking about today, you will find that most of the symbols that exist really in plain sight, like the medical symbol, the one that has the seed or has two serpents wrapping around a pole and angel's wings on it. Huh. Well, we know that the serpent is bad based on the Bible. Um, and we know that the serpent is is associated with Satan. 
and Satan is associated with fallen angels, and there are wings on the back of this. Not to mention that witchcraft, in the, in the, the Greek word for witchcraft is pharmakia, and we have chosen the word pharmacy. Now, to, uh, the place where we go to get this, this medicine, why am I saying all these things? Am I saying these things? I'm saying these things because it's about alignment, you understand. I'm not sitting here trying to say that um, there's some hugely nefarious thing that is taking place where the people who work in medicine or work at pharmacies, like they are all, that's not what is happening here. There's a deception that has taken place over time in which the things of God have gone ignored. They've gone ignored. And even Jesus in his time came, tried to explain it, and lived it, indeed lived it, in a way that the people who had been studying his word for their entire lives just totally didn't get, you understand. He lived it, and in his life, we saw the truth of the kingdom and also the fullness of what eternal life looks like both in the infinite life, actual life, but also in the knowledge of God. We, we, we saw this all enacted in one person. And in that relationship, God, through Jesus, overcomes this moment, overcomes the Genesis 6 moment, overcomes the Genesis 3 moment. He overcomes all of that in one person, in Jesus Christ. And it also took his mom to be able to give birth to, the, to, to, to him as well. And there were, you know, there were generations of people before that it also took for God to be able to build to the moment that Jesus would be able to be birthed into the world. What we need to understand about why all of this is so vitally important is Jesus simply chose differently. You understand he was offered the same choices that all of us were offered and are offered, but he chose differently. He chose to reject the things of the world and he chose to accept the things of God and only accept the things of God. And for that, he was given authority over all things. In Matthew 28, 18, indeed, after he was resurrected, he says, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go out and make disciples of all nations. But he's saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Okay, cool. Cool story, Hansel. Like, you could easily say that to me right now and be like, All right, what, what does all this mean? We have to do the same thing. We have to go through and systematically understand the things that we're doing. What is truly in alignment with the things of God and what is truly in alignment with the things of this world? The Nephilim agenda. Look at the back of a dollar. I meant to bring one. I'm going to go get one really quickly for the benefit of those who are on the stream. All right, now that we're resituated, let's take a look at the back of this dollar bill. Now, the, the Nephilim agenda... I hadn't had a way of, try of understanding this before. 
I hadn't had a way of really trying to put it into as succinct words as possible. The Nephilim agenda that comes from the Bible that people talk about and they call them conspiracy theories and all sorts of things like that. It all comes back to the Bible. And what is, what's the point of it? The point of it is total domination of the human race, essentially, of the race of humans to overcome the promises of God in their lives. And so look at the back. So another way to say that is a new world order. Okay. I'm going to take a, I'm going to put a dollar bill up to the back of the screen here. Do you see that symbol? What does it say on the bottom? Right here. It says, Novus Ordo Seclorum. In Latin, it says New World Order. What does it say here? That's the all-seeing eye. That's led back to the occult. Look, these things aren't new. But, 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 but what we have to understand is... This dollar that comes from the United States of America, it comes from the F F Secretary of the Treasury, but it really comes from here. What does it say at the very, very, very top? It says it's a Federal Reserve note. So this dollar ties into something called the Federal Reserve, and it is tied to this. You know, the symbol on the back of the Federal Reserve's most commonly printed bill is Novus Ordo Seclorum. Why is that? We have to ask ourselves that question. Why is that? Does that mean that everybody who works for the Federal Reserve is involved in some craziness like this? No, that's not what it means. It's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that walking in alignment with the ways of a system that would so openly put its agenda on the back of something and have you trade with it means that you're operating opposite to the way of God. And so we have to be careful with how we operate in it. Are we doing things today? This whole system created here, you know, and it's not just our Federal Reserve System. It's, it's banking in general. The, the Federal Reserve System in the monetary system, and, and we've talked about in the past that there is the idea of, you know, economics. The definition of economics is the allocation of scarce resources. Even that is opposed to God, because it says that there is scarcity, but as Jesus proved with the with with the loaves of the couple loaves of breath bread and the couple fish feeding five thousand and then seven thousand, and having leftovers, there is no scarcity in God. So you know Jesus came to 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 radically change our perspective, to radically change our modus operandi <laughs> the way that we think the way that we operate he 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 came to get us to think differently like sometimes people think oh well that's jesus and that's why you can do that well but he he says himself 
that those who believe in him, not only will they do the works that he does, but even greater works than these because he, than he did, because he goes to the Father. What does that mean? When he goes to the Father, the Holy Spirit will come and rain down on everyone who chooses to believe in the way and walk the way, the truth, and the life. That is, that is what this podcast is about. That's what this stream is about. That's the whole message of what we're trying to discuss, is that God has brought this kingdom to fruition already. It is in existence now. Our job now is to choose it and to walk by it and to reject anything that is not it. And I, I hold up this dollar. It's just one. But anything tied to this as well. In the garbage. It needs to be thrown away. Just absolutely. Because the things of those systems aren't designed to give humans the freedom that God intended for us. They're actually designed to keep us away from it. And so you're now probably like, well, how, how do I practically do that? It takes a leap of faith. It takes believing one simple verse. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Matthew 6.33 Now before that, he talks about all of the things. But it comes down to believing and walking in that verse. Do you believe that God will truly take care of you if you seek first the kingdom? Or do you not? It's fundamentally that. And being willing to take a leap of faith towards it. Now, does that mean that I'm telling you right away you should just absolutely delete everything that you're doing from your life and just, you know, jump in with two feet? No, I'm telling you that you should take it to God. And you should ask him how he wants you to walk away from it. And how he intends to get you from there. Because he has a different way that, that he's going to bring everybody through it. He, he has one path, but he has many ways to get you to that path. Do you understand what I'm saying? He's got one way, one truth, one life. There is no other. But you may be situated northwest of the path, and somebody else might be situated southwest of the path, and it's going to take different ways to get you both to the same path and so don't just don't be reckless but do take it to god and ask him how he wants you decide that you don't want to honor these things anymore number one and you do want to honor his word and walk in it and then ask him to show you because i would be a liar to you if i told you that god did not have a transitionary period for me too. He did. You know, before I was making $100,000 a year, I did leave not knowing how I would make any money like that. But he brought a transitionary period where we had a little bit of money to be able to take care of the things that we needed to and start unwinding some things that we were doing. And then he had that pull, fully pulled away.
to where we now don't do any of that. And he still found a way to take care of us, and he's still finding ways to give us everything that we need all of the time. Does it, does it operate the same way that we operated before? Absolutely not. But there's never been a day where we needed something that we didn't have what we needed. That we actually needed. Wanted? Sure. Needed? Never. Never. And so the question is, are we willing to put ourselves on the line for the truth of God's word? To walk in it? Are we, are we willing to deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow Jesus? This is the same question that he asked us. That's a question that each of us has to answer individually. Are we willing to do what's required? In order to truly stand up as a beacon of hope and light in the world opposed to it and apart from it to shine that light so that the world can see who God really is. The fullness of who God really is. Again, don't be foolish. Don't just take the words that you're hearing here and just simply decide you're going to get a bug out bag and go unplug immediately, unless that's what God tells you to do. But make sure you take it back to God. You know, I've shared a little bit of the story of how it happened for me, and it was sudden. The way that that happened but the 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 final choice was sudden things leading up to that for a year and a half two three years before had been leading to that sudden moment where he had been hinting and dropping and showing these different things and trying and, and tugging at my heart for a while so take the time with god and if he's been calling you to do that, I do. I, this might be your moment. This might be your moment that he is calling you to do it. If he's already been tugging at your heart that way. But take it to him and ask him. He gives freely of the Holy Spirit. And he will take care of you. The reason why this was called the spiritual host of wickedness is going to be what we get into after this. We're going to start talking about how we overcome them. It's a, the, the simple way is through choice. The simple way to talk about how we overcome them in our own lives. But then how we use the authority that we've been given to help free other areas. To do what Isaiah 56, 58, 6 through 12, Isaiah 58, 6 through 12 talks about. So that we can start breaking the yoke and the chains off of other regions and people. So that we can start seeing God's kingdom come to fruition. Here on earth as it is in heaven. Alright. Anything else, Father? No, I think that's it for now. Until next time, God bless. We'll see you next time.
Thanks for joining us today on the Enter the Kingdom podcast. If today's message was an encouragement to you, please consider sharing it with someone whom you think it might encourage. Also, make sure to subscribe for free to our podcast and join us every Monday, God willing, as we continue on our journey together. God bless. We'll see you next Monday.